Welcome to Conscious Alchemy, awareness with conscious choice to embrace and embody the experience as difficult and challenging or a light and fun as it may be to transform our soul to gold. I'm your host, Tammy Anderson, licensed acupuncturist, herbalist, astrologer, artist, and more. So the main theme and the main topic for this week and really most of this month, it's love. Everywhere we go now, we're seeing hearts and lots of flowers and everything is surrounded on this theme of love. We're either happily in love or looking for love, sometimes desperately looking for love. And so one of the things we really want to look at is knowing that love and relationships, it all begins with with us and it comes within first. And it's important to truly be love. And this is without attachment. There's no control, no toxicity. It's not possession. When we become addicted to love and then it turns toxic and it can become attachment, attachment to our partner and it becomes about control. And this is toxic and it's not going to end well. So release the fear, release the fear that is surrounded in this addiction and attachment and really focus on being the best version of yourself. We focus on our inner self and our inner heart that allows us to be in a space where we can be in a loving and harmonious relationship, right? So this weekend coming up, uh, we have Valentine's Day. And for the most part, you know, this is just really now Hallmark holiday, commercially consumeristic. You know, it's a ploy to get you to spend more money on consumerism and items and more things that we can collect and accumulate. And in some way, if you're not in a relationship, if you're single, whether by choice or by not, sometimes it can be easy to feel like, you know, you've done something wrong. You're not in a relationship. What's wrong? Something's wrong with you. I know at times when I was single, I definitely had these feelings. So, but what is Valentine's Day? How did this even come about? You know, we can look into the history of it and it's named for St. Valentine. And going back and looking in the history, there's really three saints or martyrs um, that are named Valentine and they were all martyred and basically had the same theme. They were marrying people in secret after the Roman emperor Claudius II outlawed marriage because he declared single men made better soldiers. So St. Valentine uh, was marrying people in secret and he, you know, he was executed for that once he was discovered. But why do we celebrate this in February? Why was February chosen? It's hard to say. Some people say that's surrounding the time that he was executed, but then we have three different Valentines. So You know, there's a lot of um, disinformation and it's not really clear why, but there is some belief that, you know, this was to Christianize a pagan holiday that happened around this time called Lupercalia. 
This was a sexually charged a fertility festival and a festival that would help increase fertility of the people, but also fertility of the lands to ensure that there would be a bountiful harvest this coming upcoming year as it's getting close to the time when you're going to start thinking about planting. And in this festival, the priest would get some uh, leather hides and then they would walk through the streets with these hides and then they would be slapping the ground and slapping the fields and slapping the crops and then slapping the people. And women used to run up and lift up their skirts so that they could be slapped across their genitals with these hides with the belief that it would increase their fertility. And then they would run home and um, have sex with their husbands and hopefully um, some fertile fruitfulness would come from those events. Well, eventually the pagan festival was outlawed and Valentine's Day was put into its place. So it's just interesting uh, things that we can kind of look at. These always fascinate me, how these um, holidays and rituals have come about and really what's the underlying, um, what's underlying it? What did it come from? So that's just something that fascinates me. So when we think about love astrologically, one of the first places that we always look to is Venus. Venus is love. So looking at the the 14th of February, Valentine's Day, what's Venus doing here? Venus is in Aries, and I talked about this a lot last episode. And Venus is our empowered, self-motivated, wild woman archetype. And what's happening on Valentine's Day, she's not making any major contacts with any of the planets. She's out there standing all alone, making a stand and declaring that she knows what she wants and she knows how to get it. Now, remember, I'm using the she, but it doesn't have anything to do with gender because we all have this divine feminine within us. We all have feminine aspects. And so our feminine aspect is declaring this, um, or at least cosmically. She's out there, knows what she wants, knows how to get it. So on this topic, you know, it leads me into thinking and thought processes of the sacred marriage and the highest gamos. And this is really about the inner beloved. You know, it's a divine, sacred moment between the divine feminine and the divine masculine. And at least that's what I believe it to be. Um, you know, and, and it's the divinity within ourselves. So these are the the divine God aspects within ourselves, And it's a very, you know, it's the highest level of love that we can attain. And so our inner beloved, and this can be represented by Venus and Mars together, the two cosmic lovers, the divine masculine and the divine feminine. So looking into the Mars, this is going to show the divine feminine. Classically, they say Venus is what you want, what you like, and Mars is how you get it. So especially around Valentine's Day, looking at these two together, what's going on in your natal horoscope? When you look at your Venus and Mars, can answer these questions. Um, what is it you want? And then what 
is it that you're looking for from a lover? What are you attracted to? You know, how can those needs be met? Look at your Venus and your Mars. Well, what's Mars doing on February 14th? Mars is in Sagittarius. So we have both Venus and Mars in fire elements. And also the moon is going to be in Scorpio, sensual, sexual Scorpio. So we have this fiery pair, the, the cosmic lovers, both in the aspect of this fiery passion, lighting it up, up the sky with the uh, moon accentuating that with our sensuality and Scorpio is being highlighted as well. This sounds really good for Valentine's Day, right? So what can you do channeling that fiery creative passion, channeling it into your romantic projects, romantic passion with your partner? And if you're single and you don't have a partner, then make it about channeling it into your inner beloved, the divine inner beloved within yourself. Just some thoughts, um, some things to think about. What else we have going on for this month? On the 16th, Mars is going to move into Capricorn, joining Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter, still all in Capricorn. And so Mars, again, the divine masculine, the embodiment of the divine masculine. In Capricorn, Mars is the elder, the lawgiver. The intent he brings is to bring spirit into matter by applying his own operating manual of life. His sword is management, control, and responsible administration of his domain. Mars in Capricorn is the elder and the teacher, the wise old man who knows the rules and takes responsibility. Mars says, I will be respected, at least when he's in Capricorn anyway. Here we can tap into that divine masculine and look and see how to responsibly manage fiercely that area of your life where Capricorn falls in your nail chart. Mars can represent anger. And uh, as I mentioned in last episode, we moved into the wood phase of the year right now. And this is where anger and emotions can easily be stirred and easily be rising. So look where Capricorn falls into your natal chart. And in, in this area, what area do you get angry here in a toxic way? What makes you angry in that aspect of your chart? And this is a great time to look into that, dive deep into it, get to that root, pull them out, and then just really start to resolve some of this toxic emotions that may be stewing around down there. Also on the 16th, speedy little Mercury is going to be moving retrograde at least through the March 9th. Now, Mercury retrograde, this has kind of become a loaded word these days, and it's kind of gotten out of hand in my opinion. It's been blown up to so much, so much hype surrounding it, so much dread and gloom and doom surrounding it. And it seems like there's a lot of people that just get anxious and fretful. Oh my gosh, Mercury's going retrograde. But this is normal. 
you know, it happens two to three times a year. It's just the way the planets are moving and it's a part of life and it's not something to, to dread over. I mean, you can, but to me, that seems kind of a waste of energy. And it's so much more than everything going bad. It's, it's really about, you know, taking a time to take a second look at things, to go back over and review what's been going on here. You know, sometimes it seems like a lot of people might be unaware or maybe have forgotten about this fact. It is the perfect time to complete projects. Don't start anything new right now. Get that pile off of your desk. All these things that have just been sitting there, you started and you haven't finished, stop procrastinating. During the Mercury retrograde, Mercury is giving you an extra boost of energy to get everything finished and accomplished. You know, go back over, review things, take a second look. Are you editing? This is a great time for editing. Go back over with that fine tooth comb. You know, look at the details. Um, you know, refine it. It's possible that we can experience the mishaps with communication. That's the common occurrence that seems to happen. Some people are affected more so than by others. It depends on, you know, where it falls at in your chart. And this Mercury is through Pisces. So where is Pisces at in your chart? What areas are going to be affected by that? What areas do you need to go back and take a second look at, review and revamp? So, it's in Pisces, Mercury's in Pisces, but then with the retrograde is going to go back, 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 back up into Aquarius before it stations direct and begins to move forward again. And moving forward, this is going to be, like I said, March 9th. So Mercury in Pisces. And then back into Aquarius. So, um, you know, looking at these areas in your chart that can be affected by it, being aware and preparing what are the best ways that you can do to help stay calm. You know, mercury rules over the nervous system. So I have a great essential oil blend that I created just for this time being. I call it mercury retrograde. Surprise there. Essential oils, flower essences, and they all help benefit the nervous system and help you build confidence in your communications, stay calm, promotes a sense of calm, eases anxiety, and it just helps bring about peaceful relaxation. And then on the 18th, we have the sun moving into Pisces. So moving out of Aquarius and the sun is moving into Pisces. And this is telling us it's time to open our compassionate hearts and connect with the cosmic heart of the universe. Connecting with that cosmic heart of the universe so that we can know God. Until next time.